The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now. Welcome back to hour number two, today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. It is a football Friday, April the 29th, 2022. It is 8.02 on your Tucson Friday morning here, and you're listening, whether it's on the AM side at 1490, on the FM side at 104.9, or if you're tuning in via the live stream, which can be found on ESPNTucson.com or your Alexa-enabled devices. I appreciate you tuning in here to the Jeff Dean Show as we try to bring it live and local every single day here for you from 7 to 9 a.m. on weekdays. And I know you have a choice of where to lend your ears to gather the sports news and opinions and entertainment and things like that that you're looking for, and I appreciate you choosing the Jeff Dean Show. Uh, We want to welcome you. Remember, to invite you, I should say welcome you. We can't welcome yet because it hasn't happened. But we want to invite you to the Great Centurions Carnival, which is happening tomorrow at the Kino Sports Complex. It's the annual Centurion event featuring the trip on the Desert Diamond Casino stage. It's an evening of food, fun, and music, all while supporting some great local charities, including uh, benefits for TMC for Children, Literacy Connects, and Parent Aid. You can go to ESPNTucson.com online for the uh, for information and for tickets. And speaking of tickets, let's do it. Let's see who survived the quick two-minute turnaround to the top of the 8 o'clock hour. This is your cue to call to get those final pair of Chris Rock tickets that I'm giving away this week. Call 520-719-1490. That's 719-1490. Lucky number three. Once again, that's worked well for us all week. So 719-1490, caller number three will win those tickets to go see Chris Rock's Ego Death World Tour 2022, which is happening Friday, July 1st at Casino del Sol's Ava Amphitheater. Good luck and enjoy the show. Again, third caller at 520-719-1490, winning them tickets. All right. So we talked about it before the break about the Arizona Cardinals making the trade for Marquise Hollywood Brown. What does he bring to the Cardinals? Well, look. You, you, if, you, if you have watched Hollywood Brown play, if you watch Ravens games over the last couple of years, he's the little guy on the field, right? Like he's the little wiry guy running all over the place, the little water bug uh, kind of running all over the field. But he's been extremely effective, and I'll tell you this, he's been extremely durable because in 49 games of his career, he's played 46 of the 49 games and started 41 of them. He's had, for his career, 195 catches on 317 targets, okay, not a bad ratio, 2,361 yards and 21 TDs. Last year, had a 1,000-yard season, six touchdowns on 91 catches. Now, he sees slots, uh, sees snaps in both the slot. He's played outside, he, mostly outside because of his speed, uh, but they, they did run a bunch, of, uh, a bunch of snaps out of the slot for him. They've also lined him up in the backfield in certain situations. They've run jet sweeps with him before. He's even thrown a pass. So, you know, there are, there are a lot of things that he can bring to the football field, and uh, the Arizona Cardinals got themselves a good one. I, I, you know, I'm not exactly sure what the Baltimore Ravens are, are, are doing. I mean, like, I mean, really, I, you know, it's not – I'm not trying to, like, you know – Denigrate season of his contract, the final year of his of his contract. He'll be he'll be uh, re-upped before that happens. Um, he may even be re-upped before the end of this season happens as well. Um, but you know the, the the Ravens are now like their fans are kind of like, oh, what's going on? Even Lamar Jackson tweeted out last night when it happened 
the tweet, all it said was WTF, and we all know what that means. So, obviously, Lamar Jackson not happy. Now, it was also later known, and this is not surprising, because they're both from the same area, are Lamar Jackson and Hollywood Brown. They're both from the same, you know, they grew up in the same area down in Florida. They're brothers. Like, they are, like, as thick as brothers can be. So, the Baltimore Ravens just separated um, two of their best players from one another for no reason, and then drafted Tyler Linderbaum, the center from Iowa. So they didn't draft a replacement, which is probably a good thing, honestly, Like, because the last thing you want to do is trade away one of your pieces like that, the best friend and the brother of your quarterback, and replace him with some rookie that would have been the seventh wide receiver taken in the first round. Obviously, you know, says, okay, well, you know, taking the seventh best wide receiver in the first round, again, We've seen plenty of guys, second and third round picks, be great in the NFL. But the, the, the eyeball test and the perception on day one would be that slap in the face. So you think you would have upset Lamar Jackson had they gone in that direction. So they couldn't replace him right away. They'll probably replace him today. They'll probably make a pick today that will, uh, that will play in the wide receiver position, but not yesterday. So an interesting, uh, an interesting choice there. And now, you know, you look at the Arizona Cardinals, they've got – some considerable weapons. If DeAndre Hopkins can stay healthy, that wide receiver core looks real, real dangerous. Certainly a hell of a lot more dangerous than it did before, uh, obviously. Okay? And <clears throat> you've got, again, A.J. Green, whatever. You know, I, I, I felt like he would have been more addition by subtraction, but in the position that they were in, they needed to sign a guy with a pair of hands who could catch a football, and that's what they did. They've got Zach Ertz, very, very talented tight end. They don't have a backup for him, but they've got a very talented starting tight end uh, in Zach Ertz. And then they've got DeAndre Hopkins, if he's healthy or not, and now Hollywood Brown. So that gives them con- some considerable threats. Rondell Moore, of course, also a favorite of our uh, Cardinals insider, Tyler Drake. He loves him some some Rondell Moore. And I like, I like Rondell Moore as well. You just got to give him the ball in better space. You can't give him, keep giving the ball at or behind the line of scrimmage and expect him to create. That's just, you know. First of all, you're not Kyle Shanahan, and second of all, he's not Debo Samuel. So let's let's just call it like it is here. Uh, don't be don't try to be the poor man's offense like that. The rest of the the NFL draft round one look there was there was a lot there was a lot of action yesterday. Uh, there were a lot of trades, and they started with the uh, what was it the number the number ten pick or the number eleven pick right? The New Orleans the first ten picks kind of went off without too much, you know, uh, the Stingley thing I think was a little bit of a surprise. Some people, Kayvon Thibodeau going fifth overall may have been a bit of a surprise. Drake London being the first wide receiver taken may have been a surprise. But nonetheless, I, I think it pretty went, pretty much went par for the course. And then the New Orleans Saints happened, and they trade with the Washington Commanders and jump up to the 11th spot to take Chris Olave. And then teams start climbing over one another, including the Detroit Lions, who went from having maybe like the best draft to having a very mediocre draft because they trade up 20 spots to draft a guy who tore his ACL in January. <laughs> so they draft, they draft, move up to draft Jameson Williams. Now, listen, in, in this day and age of the NFL, if you, if you risk that much draft capital to go and take a guy that high in the draft, you want him to perform year one. Now, the 49ers did not follow that 
did not follow that model because they sat, they sat Trey Lance on the bench the entire season. I think quarterbacks are the exception to that rule. Anybody else, any other possession, uh, position needs to come in and perform right away. Jamison Williams will not be able to perform right away. Like, he's not going to be available in August, okay? He's just coming off ACL surgery. Blood is ACL in, the, in the, the college playoff game for Alabama. So I'm not exactly sure what the Detroit Lions were thinking, trading up 20 spots for Jamison Williams. I, okay, um, sure, you got yourself a home run threat. I don't like it. I don't like it. I, don't like it. I, don't like it. I, I didn't like it at all. Then the Eagles move up to number 13 because apparently they felt that Jordan Davis may have been gobbled up by the Baltimore Ravens. I don't know, but they jump ahead of the Ravens to take Jordan Davis, the defensive tackle from Georgia. I did not like this move. I like Jordan Davis as a player. Jordan, you, I mean, Literally, you just spent a bunch of draft capital to move up to draft a guy who's going to be able to play two, two downs in a series. Jordan Davis is not playing third downs. He didn't play on third downs in Georgia, and he won't play on third downs here because he doesn't have the motor. He doesn't have the lungs to be able to play three downs in a row in the NFL. He just doesn't have it. So it would be like you know a Major League Baseball team spending all this draft capital to go up and get yourself a middle reliever. A very talented middle reliever, but a middle reliever nonetheless. I didn't like it. Then the Baltimore Ravens take Kyle Hamilton which obviously was not a pick of need for the Ravens. They, went out, they got Marcus Williams. They, they went out in and, and, and free agency and got the top safety in free agency, maybe the top player in free agency this year in this offseason in Marcus Williams. And now they go and draft uh, look extremely talented Kyle Hamilton. So I guess we can expect the Ravens to play nothing but a ton of zone and nickel defense this year because they don't have any corners. Okay, so at that point, I was just completely confused. I'm like, I like, I no longer know what's happening here. I don't, I don't know what people, what 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 these teams are thinking. Ravens went best available player. Fine, he doesn't help your team. I I don't know how he helps your team. I guess I, I mean, again, maybe they're looking to play a lot of nickel this year. They don't, you know, they they don't like the the matchups that they're getting with Jamar Chase and such. Who knows? Whatever. Then the Texans take. Kenyon Green, who wasn't even on my first-round list. Okay. The Commanders take Jahan Dotson, good player. Chargers take Zion Johnson, uh, the guard from, from Boston College. Good fit for them. I think that's, you know, that's the right thing for them. Tennessee Titans trade A.J. Brown away, uh, and he signs a mega deal, by the way. $100, $100 million for A.J. Brown. He got paid. Uh, and, look, we talked about that, right, with the, with the, 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 four, the three players that all have the same agent, whether it's D.K. Metcalf, A.J. Brown, and Debo Samuel all have the same agent, all came out in the same draft. They were all kind of jockeying to see who was going to sign last, not first, because nobody wanted to be the first to sign because they would have made the, la- the least amount of money of the three. A.J. Brown signed first, nonetheless. Tennessee Titans then draft Traylon Burks, wide receiver from Arkansas. Then the Saints take Trevor Penning. He's the direct replacement with Taron Armstead at left tackle there, the Northern Iowa kid, really good player. Then the Steelers take the quarterback. Now, we kind of had a feeling they were going to take quarterback, right? There was a lot of the, the feeling was, look, you got Mitchell Trubisky there, and I personally think Mitchell Trubisky will be just fine in Pittsburgh, and I think he'll win 
I think he'll beat out now Kenny Pickett, who was the pick. I think he'll beat out Kenny Pickett for that position. And I think Mitchell Trubisky will do just fine with the job that he's asked to do for Mike Tomlin on that team. I don't like the pick of Kenny Pickett. I thought it was kind of a mailed-in kind of pick. I think you could have done so much better for your team going elsewhere. I mean, I honestly, this is this is not like this is 100% truth. I don't think any of the teams should have drafted a quarterback in the first round because personally, the players that are already in the NFL are going to suit you better than any of these rookies coming out by spending that kind of capital, spending that kind of value on what they're going to bring your team. It's just not a good quarterback draft. I said yesterday, I think the best quarterback in this draft is Sam Howell. (laughs) Okay? That'll tell you everything about what this NFL draft is. And I'm not a quarterback guru. I have gotten more, more of my assessments of college players on draft day have gone wrong than they have gone right. I will be the first to admit that. It's close, but I would venture to say that you know, 55% of the time I've probably missed on my assessment of player. About 45% of the time I'm right. Now, the 45 percenters definitely get bugled out a lot louder and a lot more often than the 55 misses. But uh, nonetheless, I, look, the Steelers could have done a lot more for their team other than drafting Kenny Pickett. I didn't like the pick. Then the Chiefs trade up to get Trent McDuffie, the corner from Washington. They needed a corner. That fits a need. I thought they did a, good, a great job there. And then the Packers. All these wide receivers taken in front of them. Six wide receivers taken in front of them. Would they take the kid from, you know, from uh, from uh, North Dakota State? No, they did not. They went defense, defense, and I guess that's going to be their philosophy for the next year or so is to try to keep games close because maybe they just feel like they're going to have to score seventeen to twenty to win games as opposed to trying to score in 26 to 30 points a game, having shootouts with the likes of, you know, having Devontae Adams and other star wide receivers there for Aaron Rodgers to throw the football to. I think they're going to try to grind things out a little bit more. And that's fine. There's nothing, you know, nothing wrong with that. But they draft the, the linebacker out of Georgia, Quay Walker, good player. Um, the Buffalo Bills addressed a need. They got Kyer Elam, the corner from uh, from uh, Florida. So, that you know, I, I thought the rest, of the, the rest of the draft went pretty well. Jermaine Johnson was a huge – Huge value win for the Jets. I think the Jets won the first round. And, again, I hate giving grades on a bunch of players who haven't even landed in the city that they're going to be playing in, let alone put on a jersey and actually played a game for that team. So I I hate doing that. But we have to do something, right? We have to give some kind of an opinion on what we saw. And I thought the Jets were – I thought the Jets had the best draft of any team uh, that, that actually picked a player yesterday. The Jaguars take Devin Lloyd, great player. The Packers get Devontae Wyatt, excellent player, defensive tackle from Georgia. And then the Patriots. Now, this was the, this was the funniest moment of the night, uh, and I didn't see it until, until late, late last night when I was kind of going through some stuff, some pre-prep for this morning, um, and I saw this, this video. Now, the, the Patriots drafted an offensive guard from Tennessee Chattanooga by the name of Cole Strange. Okay, now, you know, people on the set were like, Cole Strange, what is, you know, what is all this? Uh, And (laughs) they were like, okay, uh, let's file through our papers here and find this guy. And Mel Kuyper's like, I had him as a third round round grade, maybe an up 
you know, upwards of a, of a second-round pick, but never in the first round. But, again, this is the New England Patriots we're talking about, folks. And a former Patriots uh, front office uh, member basically said a couple of days ago when they were asked about players in this draft, he mentioned Cole Strange by name. Like, the kid out of Chattanooga is perfectly fit for what the Patriots do. He's a lean offensive lineman. He's got really strong hands, has perfect footwork. Like, he's perfect for the Patriots. Like, he literally said that just a couple of days ago. This guy, this former administrator, probably Bill Belichick was probably pissed, by the way, that this dude said this. But nonetheless, he said it, and the Patriots pick Cole Strange, a guard out of Tennessee, Chattanooga. And, and there was a live stream going on with the Los Angeles Rams. Sean McVay and their general manager were on a live stream kind of doing live reaction to the draft. Now, the Rams don't pick until, like, the third round, right? Like, they're, they're not the, – they have shirts printed, F the draft. Like, they don't care about the draft, okay? It's a joke to them. So the Patriots make the pick, and McVay goes, strange. And the GM's like, the Chattanooga kid? And they start laughing. And, and McVay, I think it was McVay said, we wasted all that time scouting him for the 103rd overall pick, and he goes in the first round. And they're dying laughing, and the entire crowd there starts laughing. It was a good time. Like, that was really funny stuff. Uh, it just goes to show you, like – you just never – like, there are some teams that draft for need. There are some tre- teams that draft best available player. And then you have the New England Patriots, who know exactly the type of person they're looking for, and those are the people they draft. You you could probably say that they reached – like, that they went out of their comfort zone when they drafted Rob Gronkowski. But you could honestly say that. <clears throat> because – you look at their philosophy, the guys that they kind of, the guys that they target in the draft, the players they look for, even in free agency. You're always like, Who, uh, who's this guy? What is this guy doing in New England? Oh, he must, he must be good if he's going to New England. They just know the type of players that they want to get. They know the dude, the person that they want to wear a New England Patriots jersey. And they probably were really uncomfortable drafting Rob Gronkowski, like some kid from the East Coast who went all the way out to Arizona to play for a program who wasn't going to compete for national championships and just completely mauled the Pac-10 while he was there, Pac-12, while he was there, and then, you know, basically sat out most of his, you know, his final year uh, at Arizona with back problems, air quotes, back problems. And then they draft him. He's a party animal and stuff. And he's up there, and he's hugging the commissioner, and he's having a great time. And they're probably like, oh, my God, what are we doing? And what they ended up doing was drafting the greatest tight end in the history of football. So <laughs> sometimes it's okay to break out of your comfort zone, to go for something that you really like. But, yeah, Cole Strange, uh, again, I, when they drafted, I was like, uh, very typical of the Patriots to do. They, they trade down to go get some guy that nobody's ever heard of before. That everyone in the every one of the pundits has as a third round grade that goes in the first round, and lo and behold, you start digging through some stuff, and some former administrator, some former coach, or something is like, oh yeah, by the way, this guy is perfect Patriots material. He's he's got everything the Patriots are looking for, and poof, they draft him. <laughs> so, yeah, that was very very typical Bill Belichick right there. Good stuff. All in all, very entertaining NFL draft. A lot of trades, a lot of moving around. If you're ever so if you're, if you're someone who was, like, really invested 
in following the draft, if you're someone like me who, who just sits there and just nerds out over it the entire time, and if you're always trying to kind of figure out, okay, oh, this trade happened. They, they moved the 103rd pick and the 91st overall pick for to move up to the 18th pick and then in exchange for the 26th. And, you know, all that stuff is going on. You're like, oh, my God, how do they keep up? Let me tell you something. As a PA announcer for spring training baseball, that basically happens every seventh inning of a spring training baseball game, but you have about 60 seconds to figure it all out instead of, like, 15 minutes. When the managers are like, okay, they send you the information, or sometimes they don't even send you the information. I got my binoculars. I'm looking out in the field. Okay, 88's in left field, uh, 91's in center field. Uh, 88, is it for, wait, 88's at left field? No, 88's at first base. Do they have two 88's? Yes, they have two 88's. Which one is it? <laughs> All of a sudden they're like, all right, it's first pitch time. Come on, man, where you, where you at? Oh, it's, uh, it, it's like, man, you get start, start getting pulled in every kind of direction. That's what, that's what it's like being a PA announcer during spring training is what happened yesterday during the NFL draft, except in a much tighter window. <laughs> Fun stuff. All right, uh, thank you to Debbie Steele, and congratulations to Debbie Steele of Sierra Vista, who was the winner of those Chris Rock tickets. Congratulations, Debbie. Thank you for listening. Congratulations on your win. You got a big dub on this Friday. That's a great way to start the weekend with a, with a dub. Way to go, Debbie. And she's going to get herself to uh, the uh, Ava Amphitheater to go see Chris Rock on July 1st and uh, enjoy the show. He's very funny. Uh, his stand-up is really, really good, by the way. And I'm sure, I'm sure this tour is going to be off the charts. Like, it's it's been set up that way, right? Like, that's the way it was supposed to be. All right. We're going to take a timeout when we return. More NFL Draft and some Wildcat news coming up next right here on the Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. You know, one of the things that I love about betting sports, just sports in general, not even my favorite sports, I've even looked into betting like Australian rules football and crazy stuff on FanDuel Sportsbook. But I'm always finding new player props or game props that I like. And that's what's cool about FanDuel is you can not only combine prop bets from multiple games in one sport, but now you can even add in multiple sports. It's called Same Game Parlay Plus, and you can only find them on FanDuel. Now you can combine NBA player props uh, playoff props with uh, a baseball home run hitters. If m- maybe you know somebody were smarter, they would have combined their NFL draft picks with their NBA playoff props last night, like I should have done. But instead, I had to cash two tickets instead of one really big one. That's my fault. <laughs> I should have combined them both. Uh, but regardless, whether you you know whatever you want to do it, you can mix and match a lot of different sports different same-game parlays, and have fun that way. Uh, I've cashed out the winning tickets before. The winnings were in my FanDuel account literally five minutes after the, you know, after the results were posted. Last night, I, got the, uh, you know, I, I, I had the, the third and the fourth picks properly picked on FanDuel Sportsbook, and the funds were in my account before the Giants picked with their number seven overall pick. That's how fast I got paid. I was like, oh, is, are they in there? Like, yep, they're already in there. So lightning-fast payouts on FanDuel Sportsbook, just one of the great advantages to betting on FanDuel. And if you don't want to build your own same-game parlay, you can always check out the same-game parlay section at the top of the, of the app 
where there are other bets that you can join in that others are using. Like, you'll find really pot, like, there are like, you know, it says like 3,000 people have made this wager. Like, oh, that's pretty cool. Let's be a part of the crowd. Or you can go off on your own. Regardless, bet your way on FanDuel Sportsbook. And if you're new to FanDuel, sign up with my promo code, Dean. That way you get your first risk-free bet up to one thousand dollars and make every moment more by downloading the FanDuel Sportsbook app today using my promo code Dean so that they know that I sent you. 21 and over in President Arizona, first online real money wager. Only refund is issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in seven days. Restrictions apply. See terms sportsbook.fanduel.com. And if you think you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 53342. So the NFL Draft Day 2 is today, rounds 2 and 3. Uh, I was going to highlight some of the, the, the best players still available um in the draft let's you know who cares you know (laughs) right after after yesterday and all the trades that were happening there's probably going to be even more trades today uh so you know we'll 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 just have a a nice little roundup for you on monday uh and we'll we'll just put a cap on the nfl draft and Talk about winners and losers, people that we felt that uh, that, that won or lost the NFL draft. Because a lot of teams didn't even get a chance to, to pick yesterday. I mean, there were teams that had given up their, their first-round rights years ago. Uh, you know, the Bears and the 49ers, obviously, some of those teams. There were plenty of teams. And then teams that gave up their first-round rights during the draft yesterday, teams like the Cardinals, who said, give us Hollywood Brown and we'll give you our first-round pick, that they then traded down to the 25th pick. <laughs> It was a wild day, man, but it was a lot of fun, and uh, look, that's kind of what the NFL draft is, is all about, right? It's it's like Christmas Day for us NFL fans, and we get to open up our new gifts. We don't get to, like, open and play with them yet, but we know that they're there. We got to pick the gift, and now we're just kind of, like, waiting to play with it, and we'll see what happens in the offseason, uh, in the preseason, and in the regular season with these uh, these new toys that have landed on our football teams and more toys to come today and tomorrow. So stay tuned to the uh, – to the, the uh, coverage for that in the NFL draft. Of course, Spears and Ali will have some updates for you today as it is live and ongoing during their show today from 3 to 6 p.m. All right, we're going to take a timeout. When I return, some Arizona Wildcat news and a lot of Wildcat news to get into. Arizona football, Arizona basketball, Arizona women's basketball, Arizona baseball, and more. That's next here on the Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Now, against my better judgment, I'm going to promote something that Spears and Ali are giving away because Justin, when he filled in for me on Wednesday, very nice of Justin to fill in for me, and I appreciate him, and he did a phenomenal job. But he did give away... A pair of my Chris Rock tickets. He took it upon himself to give away two pair in my absence instead of just leaving them alone. So I'm going to promote something on their show just because I'm the bigger man here. (laughs) I'm kidding. Uh, People probably think that Justin and I have a beef or something. I have no beef with Justin at all. He's uh, he's one of the greatest people I've ever known. He's amazing. He's the nicest, nicest guy. He works hard. Uh, Ali, on the other hand, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, If you're a gamer or a baseball fan, you will love MLB's The Show 22. It's available on PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo Switch. It's fun for the casual or hardcore baseball gamers. If you are uh, one of those hardcore baseball gamers, this game is for you. And you can listen for your chance every weekday from 3 to 6 to win your copy of MLB's The Show 22, 3 to 6 on Spears and Ali. 
All right, so plenty of news here locally, Arizona Wildcats. The Arizona Batcats last night at high C as, <clears throat> look, it was another ugly game. As Nevada, the Wolfpack, came to town for a four-game series against the Cats. Interestingly enough, this was Nevada. Like Nevada's a good team, first of all. Um, they have the highest RPI of any team that Arizona's played in like the last month or something like that, like some ridiculous number. Uh, high RPI, good good team, twenty one and eighteen, but their RPI is 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 big. Now it was kind of an ugly game again last night, but again it was Crash Davis or Crush Davis or whatever nickname you want to give him. Chase Davis has a walk off to win another Arizona Wildcats rally in what is considered to be an uglier, uh, you know, an ugly game for the Wildcats. But, hey, however you can take them, you got to win them. And, uh, and Chase Davis, again, the hero last night for the Wildcats, they will uh, they will be playing the Wolfpack again tonight at High Corbett Field as uh, right-hander T.J. Nichols is scheduled to start for your Wildcats, taking on Peyton Stumbo of the uh, of the Nevada Wolfpack. So be, uh, be ready for that if you want to head out to the high C for that game tonight. You can uh, uh, you can check out that game. Always a good time to uh, to watch Wildcat baseball at the uh, at the uh, at the old high C there. Always fun. Um, in case you haven't been paying attention, and this like this, I know uh, Bruce Pasco put this in the uh, on the website in the paper yesterday for the uh, Arizona Daily Star. But if you have not been paying attention. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm friends with Parker on uh, Facebook and, you know, all that stuff. And, you know, Parker's a good kid and got to spend a lot of time with him on the road and stuff. He's a good guy. He works hard. Um, he, he really does. He, he works really, really hard. He's quiet, but he works hard. PJC, Parker Jackson Cartwright, kind of the same way that Kyle Fogg was doing in the league, right, over the, in, in the, you know, the Chinese league where he was the three-time uh, finals MVP and the richest player in that tournament. Uh, Parker Jackson Cartwright has now won his third most valuable player award in the league that he plays in. He he plays in France's second tier league. Um, I can't even begin to pronounce th- these words that are in the in the tweet that announced him as the league's most valuable player. But once again, he averaged nineteen over nineteen points a game and seven and a half assists, assists a game. For Telecom Baskets Bon in the uh, in the second tier league over there in France, uh, and he you know, look he'd already gotten uh, MVP from the from the previous two seasons and uh, is now a three time MVP for this league. So congratulations to Parker Jackson Cartwright, proud Wildcat there, and uh, he is doing it. Sam Thomas made her debut for the uh, for the Mercury. Went three for three from beyond the arc. She made the team. Okay, Adia Barnes basically walked her down there or up, up there, I guess I should say, to the Mercury and was like, you need to look at this player. Like, I know she didn't get drafted. You need to take a look at her as an undrafted free agent. The Mercury said, took, you know, five minutes, spent five minutes with her, said she's perfect for our culture here. Yes, we would like to make her a member of the team. And then she drops three bombs yesterday, three for three for Sam Thomas. So proud of her uh, and her career. And looking for uh, looking for even more out of her um, as well. The uh, the Arizona Wildcats basketball team um, continues to move forward in this off season. Um, he's going to be meeting, or I should say, he uh, Tommy Lloyd is going to be meeting with a five star forward named Kwame Evans, um, inquiring about him. 
maybe joining this program uh, and uh, looking for, you know, obviously to improve this team based on the transfers and the players that have jumped for the NBA draft this offseason. And in Wildcat football news, an interesting name has brought itself to light as a recruit, uh, somebody who has been offered a scholarship by Jed Fish and the Wildcats, the son of Matt Leinert. I did not know Cole was this old already. Because, um, you know, Matt, so when when Matt was here with the Cardinals, he lived like two miles from me uh, in a much nicer neighborhood than I did. Uh, but he lived just a couple miles from me, and I would see, I would see Matt, you know, all the time, kind of out and about and stuff like that. And remember seeing his son Cole and everything, and and knowing that Cole is now old enough to be a high school quarterback and start getting recruited from college programs. It like yesterday when I saw this, I, it blew my mind. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> He's been offered a a scholarship. Thankfully, that scholarship isn't for 2020, what is it, 2026, I think it was. Yeah, he's a member of the 2026 class. Thankfully, not a member until the 2026 class, so that made me feel a little bit better. But nonetheless, Cole Leinert, who is the son of former Heisman uh, Trophy winner Matt Leinert at USC, he did get an offer from the Wildcats on uh, last night. Um, he's a member of the 2026 recruiting class, and he's going to be attending Look, no surprise here. He's going to Modern Day, and he'll start at Modern Day. Oh, I don't know if he'll start. He'll start attending classes at Modern Day this year. So uh, looking forward to that. They look, you know, be first, right? Be first. That's what they always say if, in in recruiting. Be first. And uh, I think he had. I think he got like basically two offers at the same time. I think he got he got one from Arizona, and I don't know where the other one came from. Uh, maybe from oh from SMU that's where it came from, SMU that's right, and uh, so he did get a couple offers yesterday. But look, be first and uh, let's see what happens. Cole Liner, be interesting to see uh, you know where that how that develops, how the relationship develops there, and um, should be interesting. So we'll keep an eye on his progress over the next four years at Modern Day, and uh, see how he does, and see if he's able to become a Wildcat someday, which would be awesome. So. Jed Fish continuing his hard work and looking deeper than just improving this year's class or next year's class, looking far, far, far into the future for Arizona football. That's always good. Shows you somebody who wants to be here. If they're looking that deep into the future, uh, it just uh, once again, it just proves that there's someone that who is committed to staying, committed to being here, and uh, committed to being part of this program and making this program great for uh, a long time to come. All right. So still plenty more to get into today. Uh, look, there was there was other NBA action outside of, you know, just what happened with the Phoenix Suns game yesterday as the Dallas Mavericks have to fight and claw their way to the victory over the Utah Jazz as they get the victory in Salt Lake City. And they seem to have solved the riddle that is Salt Lake City for their own franchise. Remember, that was a, uh, a team that, that had won two games in the last decade in that city in the Dallas Mavericks uh, talking about Salt Lake City. So the Dallas Mavericks going to be moving on to take on the Phoenix Suns. Game one is scheduled for Monday. Tip-off is at 7 p.m. Coverage will start here on ESPN Tucson at 6.30. And then Wednesday, 
you know, second verse, same as the first. 6.30, coverage begins, 7 o'clock tip time for Wednesday's Game 2, both of those games in Phoenix. Uh, as I mentioned, the Phoenix Suns, 3-0 and against the Dallas Mavericks this year. I will put together uh, a full preview of the series for Monday's show, so be ready for that. Um, I, there was just too much to talk about today. I'll probably have too much to talk about on Monday, too, but at least I'll have more time to prepare as opposed to last night at you know 9.15 when I found out that the uh, the Suns are going to be taking on the Jazz starting on Monday. The Sixers, oh, okay, <laughs> message received. I was talking a little crap yesterday. Not Again, they didn't hear me, but uh, I was talking a little crap yesterday and said, hey, this is a series that could end up going the other way with the Toronto Raptors at home, and we know that Doc Rivers has always choked in the playoffs, and blah, 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 blah. And the 76ers put all that to bed. They, I mean, they just they were like, nope, we're not having any of that stuff. There, it was a, it was what was it a one point lead? I think at halftime, and I'm like, okay, this is going to be a good game. And then I looked up, and it was a 20 point lead, and the game was over. And then it went in that game by 35, 132 to 97. Joel Embiid with 33 points and 10 rebounds. James Harden had a big game, uh, 22 points, 15 assists for James Harden. Tobias Harris, 19 points, 11 rebounds. Uh, Tyrese Maxey had 25 points in the game. So the 76ers looking good. Again, they're not getting much pr- production out of their bench. But if you get, what is it, 33, 55, 80, you get, eight, you get 99 points from four of your five starters, you're going to be okay. <laughs> so the Sixers, they are moving on. They punch their ticket into the next round. Now we're just waiting to see what happens in that uh, Memphis and Minnesota series. That I look, I said there'd be blood in that series. I expected that series to go long because of how young both of those teams are. And we here we are looking at Game Six. Uh, the Grizzlies have the the three two lead right now in that series. Why is my phone messing up right now? Why is it chirping at me? Uh, they have the three two lead in the series. They're in Minnesota tonight for the the deciding. You know what? Maybe what could be the deciding game in that series if Memphis can get that victory if not that play will the the uh, the series will shift to Memphis for a Sunday game seven uh and that's you know looking no holds barred everything's thrown out the window kitchen sink on the floor and uh let's have at it so should be a fun one tonight if you're watching it's the only game in the association on a Friday night Memphis at Minnesota for uh for a chance to move on and for a chance for Minnesota to extend the series one more game all right, I'm going to take a timeout. When I return, I'll put a big, bright, red, shiny bow on today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. That's next right here on ESPN Tucson. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. You know, there's a lot of questions about why the Baltimore Ravens would trade away a player like Hollywood Brown? Like, why was he available? I mean, what, is, it, is it really that? Because Cardinals fans are skeptical. Sports fans are skeptical, right? If, if something seems too good to be true, it probably is. Look, this is a really good trade for the Cardinals on a, on a lot of levels. The reason that Hollywood Brown was even available, yes, he is best friends and brothers with Lamar Jackson, quarterback at the Baltimore Ravens. But he was also apparently – a little bit disgruntled with the Ravens organization and had secretly asked to be traded after the season had ended this year, which is weird. I don't know. Like, I don't know exactly why, but the Ravens are an organization. Look, if you look at their history, okay. Uh, with the way that, that their GM, Eric DaCosta works, 
they, they're a team that has consistently just traded players away instead of dealing with the headache of having contract year negotiations, frustrations, holdouts, you know, whatever you want to call them. I mean, they 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 sent Orlando Brown to the Chiefs, right? Just what was it last year, two years ago, for for a bunch of picks. Uh, Orlando Brown, obviously, really good player, but they could have kept him for the 2021 season and then played the franchise tag game or strung him along for contract extensions or let him be vocal in the media, whatever, you know, whatever have you, like we're seeing is going on right now. But they decided just to trade him. They're like, look, we're not going to play this game with you. You're either happy to play for the contract that you're under and we will get you paid when it's time, or you can go find yourself somewhere else. <laughs> oh, I'm not against it. Uh, you know, it's not the way that every team does their business, but it's the way that the Ravens are doing their business. And I think this kind of was the same way. Instead of dealing with a year where you're going into a season with Hollywood Brown where he's looking at a non-guaranteed fifth year on his rookie contract and going to be asking for more money after getting his first 1,000-yard season in the NFL, they just said, you know what, we're going to let you be somebody else's problem. And when I say a problem, I mean – let them figure out what they want to do with your contract as it stands right now. But we're done with it. Okay, we're going to move on. We're going to be fine without you. Look, the Ravens, you can't argue with the way that they're, that they're the results that they've had as an organization. It's been a very good organization outside of the fact that they can't keep any of their players healthy for whatever reason, whether I don't know if it's the turf or I don't, the food. I don't know what is going on over there. Uh, something's weird in Baltimore because the last three years they have been plagued by injuries and in, in every sense of the word plagued by injuries. Now, I don't have a whole lot of time to speak on this, but it is something that is going to be a refrain in this show over and over and over again. As long as I'm as long as I'm doing the show, you'll you'll hear about this. The NIL and its ways of completely manipulating the system that we had in place prior. The whole situation that is going on at University of Miami right now with those basketball players and that booster who paid the transfer to come in, uh, Nigel Hayes, the, the transfer, I think it was, to come in, and you know basically made it public that he was going to be paid $400,000 for his final t- a year for his final two years of eligibility for coming over to Miami. Folks, listen, if that's not pay for play or pay for commitment, I don't know what is. And now that all that's gone public, there's a, there's a player today on Miami's basketball team that is essentially negotiating for more money for helping his team go to the Elite Eight. Like, my NIL deal isn't worth enough. I want to negotiate for more or I'm going to transfer out. What in the hell is going on in college sports? What kind of monster have we created? And look who's stepping out the door, Mark Emmert who stood by and let all this crap happen without taking any kind of responsibility for it whatsoever or leadership role for it whatsoever, is now like, okay, I can't handle this. I'm out. Coward. What an absolute coward. Good riddance. Be gone with you. Thanks for ruining the sport for the time that you were in charge of it. All right, that is going to wrap things up for today's edition, for this week's edition of the Death Team Show. Thanks to Mary back in the studio, and, of course, thanks to you guys. You guys have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy the sports, and we'll see you on Monday for the next Jeff Team Show on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN, Tucson.
Thanks for listening to the Jeff Dean Show, Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. Jeff will be back Monday morning at 7 on ESPN Tucson.